Hello, my little ghosties. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kaylin. And this is Ghostie, a podcast where we discuss all things true crime and paranormal. Let's get into it. <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. Bestie, bestie. <laughs> I'm so pumped. This took me so long to put together because it's such an old case. Right. So it was a lot of like, well, he said this and she said this. And yes. it was just so much circulating through the town. So I had to cross-reference everything and go back and stuff. And it was just, it was a lot of research. It's like but being so in high school again. Yes, literally. <laughs> it's like, state your reference. It was the only like cool Oh, I don't know if it was cool. It was the only, like, pop and thing that was happening at the time, I guess you could say. That's <laughs> all I had to talk about. It was the only interesting thing that was happening back then. I, that, that's a better way of putting it. No, but I have been, like, looking forward to this, like, <laughs> learning about this since we discussed it. Really? Like, in episode one. Oh, yes. There's so much more information, though, so I'm... I'm... I went back. I listened to it on our plane from Chicago to, to Dayton. Yeah. And it literally perfectly lined up with the flight. Are you serious? I, I, I must have fallen asleep halfway through it. It was ah. like the third time I've listened to it. Yeah. But I woke up right at the end of like, thanks for listening to the Ghosty podcast. Well, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, yes, I get to learn about Bessie next <laughs> You do. You get to learn about Bessie now. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Okay. So Bessie Little was born in 1871 and as a baby was put into Miami County Infirmary, which was also known as Poor House. Poor houses were constructed by the Ohio Commissioner's Office in 1860 to provide a temporary housing for residents of Ohio. In 1850, they changed the name to County Infirmary to lessen the negative connotations these houses had back then. The infirmary also housed some of the orphaned children, which was important because adoption of non-relative children was extremely uncommon until about the 12th century because childless couples had concerns about illegitimate children with bad blood inheriting the households. <laughs> I know, which How is so sad. Have bad blood? I know. And it's like it's not even their fault either. They're, no, they were I literally know. dropped off there. <laughs> Um, so the rare families who did take the children in, they never actually went through with legally adopting them for these reasons. Um, so they were basically indentured servants through contract. The families would feed, clothe, give them medical help without paying a wage um, until they were adults in exchange for working for the family, basically. Mm. So unfortunately, the health and wellness of the child would solely have to depend on the kindness of the person the children were entering a contract with. So if the person was solely motivated only on free labor of the child and nothing else, the child would then mostly go without fresh clothes, a, pace, a place to sleep, medical attention, and a meal in their stomachs. So they signed a contract. The, ch- the child was contracted. Yep. <laughs> to basically work in the houses for these families. So they would go to orphanages, pick up these children, work in my house, and you get food and medical attention and all these things without a paying wage. Nope, basically. So unfortunately, the health and wellness of the child would solely have to depend on the kindness of the person the children were entering a contract with. So Mm. if the person was solely motivated only on the free labor of the child and nothing else, the child would then mostly go without fresh clothes, a place to sleep, medical attention, and a meal in their stomachs. Yeah. There wasn't much in place to help stop this kind of abuse back then, but fate seemed to have a different plan for two-year-old Bessie Little, or as she was known at the time, Tressie Doty. <laughs> Tressie. I know. <laughs> Tressie is such a cute name, too. 
I don't know I why they would name it. Short for. I don't know. Tressica. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> I have no idea. I will Google it later. Yes. So in 1873, Peter and Elizabeth Little went to Miami County Infirmary in search of a child to love. While they were there, a blue-eyed, lisping little girl took one look at Elizabeth and threw her arms around her, which touched Elizabeth so much that they took Tressie home and renamed her Bessie Little. Yeah. Things would seem pretty good for a while. Peter even got a job in 1879 as a foreman at the Ohio Rate Company, which was a farm equipment machinery and supplies company <laughs> that started with hay rakes. I found an old catalog of theirs actually. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. It just, I don't know. You can flip through it online, actually. I think oh. the Ohio Rate Company is still a thing today. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so from what I understand, the Harrow Rake was a chain rake that dragged behind the tractor to break up the soil, remove moss, and make the ground easy for tilling, basically, to farm. Right. Now, the rake itself was invented by a guy named Charles, who was born in North Carolina, but the Ohio Rake Company invented one of their own that was similar to the one Charles invented. So, if you're in the, the <laughs> market for a, a rake for your tractor, Ohio Rake, rake Company, company which sponsored. I think that they do supply things around the U.S., too. I think I, I read right. about that. Yeah. <laughs> which was interesting. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I tried to get more information about Bessie and how her life was, if she was in school or anything. Mm. I couldn't find anything else about her other than the information I've just told you about. Um, but I would have loved to learn more about her. Right. Like, what are her hobbies? Did she knit? Did she have a dog? There was nothing about that. But this case was so big back then. It was like the OG Simpson case of back then, basically. Right. So it was just, uh, people were just solely focused on, like... The, the tiny little baby details, like, oh, Bessie was adopted. And then, like, mm. oh, she was murdered, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but now we get into... Spoiler alert, she was murdered. Yeah. Well, we said that in the, in the other episode, so I feel like it's fine to say. <laughs> now we get into Albert France a little, which is Kaylin's favorite person. <laughs> I, yeah. There, I have feelings. <laughs> Just, they're not very positive. <laughs> positive feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so Albert was born in 1875 to Phoebe Studebaker France and Jacob France in Tadmore, Ohio. So a quick little fun fact about Tadmore is that it was home to one of the most important railroads in Ohio at the time. Residents hoped that its location would help it spot prosper but because of the great flood in 1930 which i'm planning on doing an episode about by the way <laughs> uh people abandoned it and it became known today as route 40 which is the main street of america Ooh. yeah it travels from the mountain states to the mid-atlantic states right so it just all the way across um so albert had five to seven siblings some sources said five some said seven i'm not quite <laughs> sure so we're going with five to seven so many it's people like said so many things. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he had five and a half siblings. <laughs> I mean, that's pr that's pretty much how it was because mm. one article would have a whole list of all of his siblings, and it would be all seven, and then another article would only have five. But they also like so my uh, great grandfather 
had like seven siblings, mm-hmm. but like the first three didn't make it past like the age of one or two. Oh. So he could have had seven siblings, yeah. but only five were still living at the time or something. Or... That's true. I don't think I ever realized that. I kept wondering. I was like, how could he only have this or only have this? So that's it, true. I, it only just... Uh, I was doing some research. Yeah. And my gr- I was reading them out to my great-grandma, who was his wife. Yeah. And she was like, oh, no, no, they didn't have those siblings. But then I was looking at the dates, and, like, the first two were twins and, like, barely lived a year. Mm-hmm. And then the other one uh, died in the same year. Oh, that's so, so sad. So she wouldn't have known him. Yeah. Because they weren't married then. Right. <laughs> okay. So Jacob, Albert's father, he had a chronic illness most of his father's life. Um, He was becoming invalid in Albert's childhood. Um, So Albert's mother, Phoebe, died when he was 13 years old, leaving Albert and his sister, Martha, to care for their father in the farm as the older siblings had already grown up and moved out by that time. Right. So Albert took a menial job for about $5 a week. um, And today that would be about $163 a week, which is not that much money. But somehow he was able to save up enough money and move his sister and dad out of Tadmore, Ohio into Dayton on West 2nd Street, which just so happened to be the same street that Bessie Little lived on. West 2nd? Is yeah. that, that's downtown, right? Yeah. Okay. So I actually looked up pictures of where the houses would have been because yeah. online it had their addresses. There's oh. nothing in those lots anymore. Yeah, really? they're just completely, I thought, like, maybe there's a building there or something, and they, yeah. like, tore it down and put something else there. They're just, they're just flat grasslands. There's, like, the houses have been demolished and everything. Huh. Like, there's just nothing there anymore. <laughs> What's around there? Um, it's just, like, I, it's weird. It's just, like, a neighborhood. Like, um, there's houses down the street and, like, a bunch of those other stuff. Okay, so where, it's just there, lots are empty. Yeah, where his house was... There is, like, a whole fence, but it's, like, super overgrown. Uh-huh. And then there's nothing beside his house on the other side. Yeah. It's just, like, like you can see a square in the ground where a house once was there. Right. But, like, it's just nothing there now. <laughs> huh. Yeah, super weird. Um, so, yeah. He joined a college street German Baptist Dunkard church, <laughs> which is such a Whoa. mouthful, I know, in 1896. Um, I saw in a lot of the articles that this church was basically the equivalent to the Amish. Um, They didn't believe the same things, but they were super strict and disciplined. They never lied or committed any crimes. Yeah. I know. Until now. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Until along came Albert Franz. Literally. (laughs) He also became a stenographer shortly after moving there. And for those of you that don't know what a stenographer is, um, I didn't. I I heard of it, but, like, Mm. I was like, oh, what's that? Um, It's people who sit in the courtroom and, like, tippity-tappity, like, what everyone's saying. weird, like, typewriter with, like... (laughs) Not enough keys. <laughs> yeah. But I back then I think that they had all the keys though, so like he was <laughs> I think that his fingers were just like fire after. You know what though? <laughs> I actually did know that because oh, somehow really? I got onto stenographer TikTok. <laughs> There's like this one chick who pops up every like so yeah. often where she's like, Yeah, this is how I learned how to do it. Here's my machine and it's weird. I wanna be on stenographer. I don't know TikTok. what I did to get on there, but you know, I'm <laughs> Give I'm, me your I'm, secrets. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I need to know. Um, But yeah. He. Oh, yeah, yeah. So these two were constantly together. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that the town started to question their relationship mm-hmm. with each other. So one day, Bessie and her mother, Elizabeth, were making an apple pie. What's funny? <laughs> it was just like, do you think they had like the equivalent of shipping back then? It's like, oh yeah, Bessie and Elizabeth, they'll make a fine couple one day. <laughs> I ship them. <laughs> What's a fine couple? <laughs> I have no idea. They'll make handsome children. I don't know why we're talking. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> they're American, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, one day, Bessie and her mother, Elizabeth, were making an apple pie. Um, Elizabeth told Bessie to go fetch some more apples to peel. Elizabeth watched her daughter walk around the barn, and she was just, she was gone for a while, so she just decided to put the pie in the oven and go see what was taking her daughter so long. So, she enters the barn and calls out for her daughter. There was no answer, so she starts to walk around the barn. She hears ruffling coming from the loft. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so she calls up, Bessie, are you up there? Come down here this instant. Bessie yells, I'll be right down. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> so she descends the stairs. Uh, her mother asks her what she was doing. And she looks back up at the loft and she sees Albert whip his head back in and demands that he comes down also. Yep. <laughs> Why would you not stay hidden? I don't know. <laughs> Why would he peek out over? Yeah, oh, like yeah you there's somebody down what's there. going on. You Literally. know who's down there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> men are just... <laughs> not all men. Yeah. Some Albert men... Albert is a special brand of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he actually is a special brand of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, her mom is really, really, really mad, obviously. Um, she starts yelling at Bessie and, like, all that stuff. She makes Albert come down from the loft. He says, I was walking in the alley when I saw Bessie climbing up into the loft. I climbed up after her just to talk a little. That's all. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we were totally just up there talking. Listen, I'm not a great liar to begin with. I, 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 I cannot keep a straight face. But even I know that that's weak. <laughs> Come up with a better lie, Albert. Come on. Yeah. Well, we find that he cannot lie. Oh, in any manner later on. (laughs) So Elizabeth told Albert to leave the property immediately and to never return. Scandal. Mm. (laughs) So shortly after that, Bessie started sleeping on the dining room lounge because it was very hot in her room during the summer months. (laughs) So the dining room actually opened up onto the porch. uh, And one night, Mr. Little found Albert at the back of the house Mm. after he was told to stay away. (laughs) Doesn't listen. Men don't take no for answer. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Literally. <laughs> uh, he asked Albert what the heck he was doing. Albert replied, he just wanted to see Bessie. He rapped on the side door and no one answered, so he went around back. Just just making himself at home. Why? why, why? Just making himself at home. Why don't you what come in and make some door? tea? What's wrong with the front door? <laughs> yeah. Put, put up your boots. It's fine. So Mr. Little, Little told Albert that he had to use the front door from now on because there was a bell. Mm. But after the barn incident, uh, the Littles obviously never let Albert back into their home. So this caused Bessie to have a fight with her parents, which they found out that she was pregnant and worried for their daughter's reputation, told her to get married immediately or she would be kicked out of the house. So Bessie tried to get Albert to marry her, but Albert was not at the age of 21 yet, which, by the way, was the legal age to marry in Ohio at the time. (laughs) I mean... I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. 
So he told her he did not have enough money to marry her and that he was waiting until he turned 21 to inherit $2,000 from his mother, which would be about $65,000 today. Dang. Yep. It, he also said that he did not have his father's blessing, which I guess was a big deal back then. So, I guess, but you're a man. Yeah. Like, you've knocked someone up. Yeah. But I guess his dad just did not want him marrying Bessie. I have no idea. But Elizabeth was not standing for this. So she wrote Albert's father a nasty letter. She explained that Bessie is pregnant. She found them both in compromising positions multiple times. She called her daughter a tramp. She said she was adopted and most likely came from bad blood. And demanded Jacob to give his blessing to let Albert marry Bessie. (laughs) But Elizabeth literally never got an answer from this man. So pretty much nothing came from it. Bessie was thrown out of the house to fend for herself. Yeah. Bessie does not uh, not do very well after this. She's not doing very well. (laughs) So after she left, Albert paid for her to have a hotel room at the Cooper Hotel. I did try to find the Cooper Hotel online Mm -hmm. to see where it stood in Dayton and stuff. I couldn't find anything on it. So I have no idea where it once stood. I'm sure if I did a more in-depth, like, research, I probably would be able to find more about it. But Mm. I literally could not find anything. Um So, after a week, it got about too expensive for Albert, so he started paying for Bessie to stay at Minnie Freese's boarding house on August 20th, 1896. Which, I just love that name, Minnie Freese. (laughs) The 1800s had just such, like, like, you can, yeah, these are names that existed in the 1800s. You can just tell. (laughs) So, one week later, on Thursday, August 27th, Bessie was in great spirits. She explained to Fries that she was going to meet with Albert at 6 o'clock for a buggy ride. So even though she rushed through her dinner, she wasn't actually able to leave until about 6.20. Fries watched Bessie walk down the street, walked down 5th Street, sorry, and went back inside to clean the table for dinner. Which, always have your friends watch you walking where you're going. Safety first, people, even in the 1800s, okay? Why... <laughs> I would have had him like come to the building. Where are you taking her? This is a single young lady. You are a single young man. It's just not very proper. Yeah. For y'all to just go buggy riding. And like they had chaperones back then. Right. So I'm not sure what happened to the chaperones. I think once you were engaged, mm-hmm. it was more okay. Lenient, yeah. Um, I'm going off the Little House of the Prairie book, so <laughs> later. Because, like, they would both come from, like, church together. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, there would be other people around, and then they were allowed to go on buggy rides later. Like, mm-hmm. when it was pretty much, like, guaranteed that they were going to get married. Right. But he was not... He was just like, hey, booty call. <laughs> <laughs> Barn Let's... call. Let... Yeah! <laughs> Barn call. <laughs> I'm going to start calling it that from now on. <laughs> hey, Alex, barn call. <laughs> Alex is going to be like, who are you? What is happening? You're what? a crazy we person. A we live in an apartment. <laughs> <sighs> well, this gets sad because Bessie never returned home that night, <laughs> which is really upsetting. 
feel really bad about loving you. I know, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> we're not laughing at the death. We're not no, laughing at the death. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, it's really, really sad. Um, so, yeah. Albert's barn had supposedly supposedly burned down with his buggy. Yep, and his horse later that night. The horse. I know. I know. When I read that, I was like, oh, evil. Literally like, evil. Why we need to kill the horse? I have no the idea. The horse isn't going to tell on you. I, apparently, his neighbor felt the same way because he tried to get into the barn. He Like, he saw it was on fire. He rushed over to try to get into the barn, but it was locked. And, and he later told the police that no, like, he was like, it was locked. But people back then did not lock their barns because, I mean, they didn't really have to. But, like, you know, for this specific reason, you know, like, like there's hay and flammable stuff inside. Right. So, like, if there are barn animals inside, people need to be able to get them out. Right. But it was locked. Like, why was it locked, you know? What did the horse know? That's what I want to (laughs) know. He was worried the horse was going to have, like, (laughs) a a testimony of what happened. (laughs) He did it, Your Honor. The only thing I could think of was that, like have like okay so like shoes have like makes mm-hmm. like you can tell what a shoe print is yeah bullets you can usually tell what at least what kind of gun it came from right so maybe horseshoes like different makes like different blacksmiths have like a different forge could be so maybe if they'd seen a horse print they could have been like oh well only this person on this street makes these and <laughs> i have no who, idea give me your list right i don't know i think because i know some people made their own horseshoes back then but i i think a lot of them did get them from blacksmiths but you had to have somebody come to your house to specifically fit it to the horse because right. every horse's hoof is different obviously yeah. everyone's fingernails are different you know like right i don't know so but um, and, yeah, so, when firefighters arrived to put it out, they said it seemed like the fire started under the buggy near one of the wheels. So, mm. suspish. Mm. But the next Friday, uh, the next day, sorry, the next day, which was a Friday, Albert shows up at the boarding house to pay another week's of rent for Bessie. But well, he all... Because you killed her. Right. So why do you need to but pay to cover his now? tracks. He also has to speak with her. Oh. You know? Like, he didn't know. <laughs> but Freeze told Albert that Bessie literally never came home Thursday night. Um, but she asked Albert where she was. Because Miss Freeze, she's not a fool. <laughs> she is not a fool. We like her. Yes. Uh, Albert told her that he didn't know. But when Freeze asked him if he took a ride with Bessie, he denied it. Said he hadn't seen her in days. Mm. First lie. <laughs> First. Um, yeah. Oh, easily like the fifth or sixth. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> Um, First lie of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I think he got, like, really nervous, though, because he just left. Like, he was just like, oh, okay, bye. And just, like, left. But he did come back uh, the day after that on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, to actually, like, pay her rent and stuff. Uh, but Miss Freese never actually took the money from him. I think she knew. She's like, that's blood money. Oh, well, I would have taken it anyway. And been really? That's like, <laughs> the money he paid me with. <laughs> So, on September 2nd, 1896, Dayton was going through a really bad heat wave. So, Cincinnati and E.L. Harper Jr. Wait, so how many days after this, how many days later is this? Let me see. Sorry, my brain just, like, so No, you're good. So, the 27th was when she went missing. Okay. 
And this is September 2nd. So the 27th of August? Yes. Okay. So it's like a week. Yeah, basically. Okay. Weekish, yeah. Um, so Cincinnatian E.L. Harper Jr. was in town visiting relatives in Riverdale. He walked down to still water, took off his clothes and shoes, and decided to cool down by the heat from the heat by swimming. He submerged himself into the water up to his chin, looking over the water. How far away from, like, civil, like, did he, like, completely strip off? No, I think he... Or, like, he, down to his, like, skivvies. Down to his, down to his johns, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> The American version. Right, okay. <laughs> I was like, dang. Yeah. Homeboy's confident. Oh, I know. I, I guess people did this back then because um, in the uh, Miami River um, by... It's by my Malon Papos. You know, I have mm. to go over the bridge, and there's like a river and everything. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, we'll we'll learn this when I cover the flood. But like when the 1913 flood was happening, mm. that actually, I mean, it went right over. Mm. Like, but there were people in the river at the time it was flooding. Like there were people no, no, swimming. No, 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 no. In, yeah. And it was just like people That's used to swim out dumb. there all the time. Yeah. There's pictures and everything of. Uh, on calm on the cal- like calm days before the flood okay. of people swimming and everything and it was just I guess it was just a thing that people did back right. then I mean I guess it makes sense yeah. there was a river near my house growing up where people would swim there all the yeah. time but like yeah okay I'll allow it <laughs> I'll allow it <laughs> um, so he submerged himself into the water up to his chin looking over it when he saw what looked like a shoe on a stick sticking out of the water mm. yeah he straightened, waded over to it, and as he got closer, he realized it was a decaying leg of a woman. Okay. So it's been a week. Yeah. Do people decay that quickly? They don't, actually. Um, but they would start to bloat and kind of have a smell and, like, certain things. Fish could I have suppose, yeah, nibbled the, on yeah, him. Yeah. Water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, obviously freaking out. <laughs> He frantically swam to shore to rip on his clothes as fast as possible. He started shouting while running to the nearest building, uh, which just happened to be the boathouse of Charles L. Phillips. Mm-hmm. So Charles and a helper were painting a boat when Harper came running and screaming. Which, can you imagine just, like, with your son? <laughs> we're doing father-son things. We're, like, painting, I know, that dead, dead body! And just being like, what? <laughs> I could not imagine that. But he took his son with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go see a body, kid? Literally. Some they, bonding. They went in the boat that they were painting. <laughs> like They were just like, yeah, screw it. Let's They're going to need to repaint that. I know. Um, just ugh. Can you imagine swimming in that water, too? Mm. Like, it's mm. the same. I know there are always, there are, there's always going to be dead things oh, in I... waters, no matter where you are. But, like, human body? No. Or, like, oh, I can't. You know that lake? There's that lake. It like sure there are lakes. <laughs> no, but there's this lake that's apparently like the most haunted lake in America. That it was like built. It's it's in like one of those racist <laughs> states, right? Like in where, what? One of those racist states, like that are super like segregated and, and even today. But like it used to be a town. I don't know if it was, like, specifically, like, a segregated town. Like, they were here, we were here, or you were here. Like, what, like, if it was something like that. But they flooded the town. And so there were, like, the cemetery was still under there. There's, like, houses. And, like, 
What? People die, like, like people will drown mysteriously and stuff. They are still. Yeah. And people, like, will Don't go and, like, that. get their CEDOs and, like... Get their what? Their CEDOs. Like, the... Mm, jet ski? Oh! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In Texas, we called them CEDOs. Oh. Um, but, like, they have, like, all of, like, it's this massive, like... And it's just really creepy. Is it in Texas? No, I think I, I want to say like Louisiana or like we'll have to do an episode on it because like there is some wild. Stories I've never I've heard, heard this. You kept saying lakes, and I was just like Lake Erie and Lake. No, Lake. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google it. Lake now. Superior. Like I was like the Great Lakes. Yeah, I was like there are lakes. Yeah, I will, I've never heard that before. Oh no, my god. I, see TikTok, man. I hear weird stuff. Anyway, I, I need. I need to look that up. Oh we, my gosh. We'll, we'll do an episode on it. Yes. <laughs> Just keep adding it to the list. Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll write it down on the thing. It's that one lake that's really old. <laughs> <laughs> that one weird lake. <laughs> but, um, I was going somewhere with this. <laughs> you don't expect dead things in there. Yeah. And then I was like, that lake. Like, supposedly they dug it Ugh. up, but they didn't really. But anyway. Can you imagine swimming in that and having, like, a human hand grab you? Uh, and, no, like, that's... You wonder? I, nope. Worst I'm nightmare ever. my feet up right now. <laughs> <laughs> my feet are still down. Let the jury know that um, I'm the brave one. you're not... Uh, <laughs> or the stupid one. <laughs> I think you're the stupid one, Because your feet are still down there. Hi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when they got out there, they realized that Harper's story was true. So they towed her body to shore. And when you say towed, you mean they respectfully pulled her body into the boat ride oh, no. and, and swam her to shore. I'm pretty sure they just like slung <laughs> something. Yeah, or something. Oh. It's so upsetting. It really is because I'm like I this really poor girl. Laugh, especially considering that she- well, it's late. It's if we're we're not laughing at the body. No. Honestly, we're not. But it's it's comical to think that like it's to, a coping mechanism. Oh, right, when you're uncomfortable and stuff. But it's comical to think when you like not like a body body, but like just being out in a river or something and just being like lassoing something because normally you do it on dry land. That's where my mind went. <laughs> I just imagine like lassoing water and just, coming up with why? nothing. Like, You've already been out to see it. Surely you could just be, like, respectful and hold yeah. it into the boat. Right. Like, or, or use a net or something. Kind of like, you know, pick her up for, with a net and stuff. Right. You don't have to touch her. Right. I mean, she's already there. She right. could wait for you to go back to shore to get something to she's, get her. She's like been mistreated so much. I feel so bad, truly. Like, I know. Reading the rest of the story, like, it's... Ugh. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, so, when they got to shore... Harper and a helper stayed by the boat while Charles ran to the boathouse to phone chief of police, T.J. Farrell. So as what? So Harper is the swimmer. Yes. Charles is the dad? Yes, of the boathouse. Okay, so the son and Harper are waiting with With Bessie, the body, yeah. And Charles has gone to call the police. Yes, okay. yeah. Um, so as soon as Farrell got the call, he phoned coroner Dr. Lee Corbin and told him, Bring the wagon to Philip's boathouse. We have a dead body. Mm. Yeah. So there was transcripts back then, um, pretty much outlining word for word of what people said. So it was kind of nice to have, like, the old way of, like, speaking of, like, you know. So I've got some of that in here. Um, but Chief Farrell and an assistant police surgeon, Dr. Fred Weaver. So assistant police surgeons 
Uh, they examine people or suspects specifically that are intoxicated or injured in any way. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like there's been like a, a buggy chase and the bad guy's fallen out and yeah. he's broken his arm. Right. Okay. He's there to help, basically. He's a he's a police doctor, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so he takes care of the living injured. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Whereas the coroner's the For the, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they went to the boathouse, and by the time they arrived, a whole crowd had gathered, which they did back then. I'm sure people would do that now too, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, but Chief Farrell asked Doctor Weaver if he thought it was a suicide. So this is where we get into like the. The old kind of way of speaking. So I wrote it down, like, in, like, story format. I love it. <laughs> so he said, maybe so, maybe not. He gestured with his head to get out of hearing of the crowd, where he said, I was talking to a couple of fellows who work for Judge Kreiser. He said we might have another Pearl Bryan's case on our hands at any time, so I've been expecting a woman's body to turn up. Mm. Which, Pearl Bryan was a pregnant victim whose headless body was unfortunately found in Kentucky, um, and it, it was found out that two Cincinnatian dental students were found to have brutally murdered her and after a wild trial was sentenced to death two months before this happened. What was her name? Pearl Bryan. Do you know that case? I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Have you watched... You, you watched, you know, the early cases of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. There's the Bobby Mackey yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Was that that case? Pearl Bryan? Because there was a girl who was murdered, and I'm pretty sure she was decapitated and was, Is Bobby pregnant. Mackey's in Ohio? I don't know. But, well, it was Kentucky, right? Uh, Her body was found in Kentucky, yeah. But it, she was in Ohio originally. I it's think they took Kentucky. her body. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. You literally because, just pulled that out of thin air. No, because you were sitting there and you were like two dental students. And I'm like, wait a minute. Because they threw her down the well. Yeah. Yeah. That's that case. How do you know? Where do you? Oh, how do you, man. I've, I live for the Bobby Mackey episodes. Oh, it like. Those episodes are the scariest episodes, yes. in my opinion. That is insane that you literally right in the air. <laughs> just pulled that right out. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, no. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Because Bobby Mackey, yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. Wilder, Kentucky. That's so weird. I don't know how you remember that. <laughs> I mean, it. Pro Brian, Bobby. Yeah. Pro Brian, Bobby Mackey. Oh, that's so crazy. Well. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. I'm proud of that. <laughs> you should be. That's. Go ADHD. That is quite literally out of this world. <laughs> um. Um, but Chief Farrell asked Dr. Weaver how the person he talked to knew about the death, and Weaver said, quote, He's a stenographer in Chrysler's office. Two men came to see the judge last Friday and asked what the law would do to them if they knew something about the death of a woman whose body was in a river. Stenographer, you yeah, say? Yeah, stenographer. <laughs> hmm. We only know Who one of those. Know? <laughs> That's how we both just put <laughs> our hands on our hips at the exact same time. <laughs> Who do we know? I <laughs> know. <laughs> On the same wavelength tonight, apparently. <laughs> um, so after Dr. Corbin arrived, he examined the body and found no foul play at first and mm. then sent her body 
to Boiler's Undertaking Parlor, which if that is not an 1800s like funeral home name, I don't know what is. <laughs> Undertaking Parlor. Boiler's Undertaking Parlor. Boiler? Boilers, yeah. B-O-Y. Oh. <laughs> so it's a last name, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Undertaking Wait, Parlor. Wait, so no foul play? Nope, not at first. <laughs> So after deciding this, the men were approached... Other than her being, like, in the river and dead. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> they assume suicide, I guess. Mm. So after deciding this, the men was approached by some reporters. The next day, this woman's death was all over the papers, and everyone oh. everywhere was talking about it, obviously. Mm. Now, Mrs. Ella Bell was a cashier at the Cooper Hotel, the same hotel Bessie stayed at before moving to Mrs. Free's mm. boarding home. Mrs. Bell sat down at her shift, opening the paper to read. The body of a woman has been found floating in still water the previous afternoon. The deceased was thought to be between 25 and 30 years of age. She had dark brown hair, put up with cellu- celluloid pins. That's such a hard word to say. What is a celluloid pin? I th- like a hair pin? Yeah, it's like the like long pins that you put on like the sides of your hair. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, she had a high forehead, pug nose, and a wide mouth. Her teeth were regular. One incisor had been filled with gold. Frantically, she stood up and looked through the back pages of the hotel registry, phoned the police, and told them that she knew who the woman was, which I'm sure we all know. She was identified as Bessie Little. I know. So, Chief Farrell went to the Little home on 1637 West 2nd Street and knocked on the door. Elizabeth Little answered the door and invited the police officer inside. Worried, she asked if her husband was okay. Farrell explained it wasn't about her husband and asked if she had a daughter named Bessie Little. Elizabeth said, yes, she's adopted, that is. Farrell asked, when did you last see her? To which Elizabeth got nervous and started to play with the strings of her apron and told him, not for several weeks. She left home and I haven't heard from her since. She sent someone to get her clothes. There was a, well, there has been trouble. Trouble? Farrell asked. Yes, Elizabeth answered. Bessie has not been a good girl lately and my husband asked her to leave. Why are you asking? Has something happened to her? To which Farrell replied that a body was found in Stillwater Creek yesterday afternoon. He believed it to be her daughter. Now, the response of Elizabeth was not very normal. (laughs) She simply just said, Oh dear, now I suppose everyone will have to know. (laughs) Bessie was going to have a baby. That's why we quarreled, and her father made her leave home. (laughs) Yep. I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) It only gets better. Do you have any feelings right now, or do you want me to finish? <laughs> I'll let you finish, and then I'll say my feelings, because okay. you know what my feelings are. <laughs> so, she then started to cry, only to say, To think she would bring such a disgrace on our family. I suppose she just couldn't face it and decided to end it all. I'm sorry, but when I think of all that we've done for that girl. And then burst into tears. Chief Farrell told Elizabeth that her body is at Boyer's, Boilers, and due to her advanced decomposition, that it was best to have a funeral as soon as possible. Then her mom stopped crying immediately and Mm. said, Funeral? Don't expect us to bury her. As far as her father and I are concerned, she's no longer our daughter. Her father. Yeah. You'll have to bury her in Potter's Field, West Cemetery, which is now inactive. Um, It's a city-owned, and it's open to visitors just once annually on Memorial Day, also known as, like, Potter's Field, which I already said. Um, But the graves are unmarked, and it's also located on South Gettysburg by Carolyn Park. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my mom and Yeah. So, okay. Obviously, Bessie was their only child. Yeah. She was adopted. So yeah. So, we couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. Jay and I can't have kids. 
Yeah. If we had adopted a child, that child would be our child. Yeah. It would not matter if they were adopted or surrogate or born of me. Yeah. Like, that is my child. Right. You don't throw your kid out no matter how bad they stuff up. No. Nope. One. Yeah. One. Two. <laughs> they turn up dead. Yeah. You don't say, well, well, they made their bed, so I don't they don't mind anymore. Their father and I do not claim them. I wish we Rather could see your than face. <laughs> my husband and I do not claim them, you know, like you're still calling them your father, so mm. um but that's there's like no amount of like stuff like there's just no amount of stuffing up that could make you not yeah. love a kid. Yeah. She was two years old when you got her. I know. And she, like, threw her arms around her and, like, you've, like, fell in love with that first, like, you baked apple pies with her. <laughs> and you're just wanting to be buried in an unlocked grave. I know. <sighs> it's really sad. It's so sad. It is really, really sad. Bessie's story is a very sad one, truly. It's awful and like i just i just don't understand why she would want her to be buried in a mark grave at all like yeah i understand being upset with her i don't understand how she's i don't i don't agree with how she's acting no i understand being upset with her but like wouldn't you want her to be not even if it's not part of your family plot whatever yeah uh that's a mistake but whatever yeah bury her under the name that she had when you adopted her sure yeah like she doesn't have to have any, like, connection right. to your family. Just a little Big respect. Show respect. Right. Um, so later, Chief Farrell had an autopsy done on Bessie. Mm. Um, and Dr. Weaver, our favorite person apparently, came back later and said he did not find any marks of violence on the body, but did find that she was several months pregnant. They then immediately buried her on one of the city lots at Woodland Cemetery. Which still stands today. Um, I've been there. It's actually beautiful. I would love to go with you. So Woodland is not the Potter's no. grave. This is different. Yeah. Okay. So they dug her back up and then buried her okay. in Woodland Cemetery. Okay. Yeah. And they've marked the grave? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately. So when Chief Farrell asked where her clothes were, Dr. Weaver told the chief that he buried her in them and asked if Farrell wanted them. Farrell got kind of stern with him and told him... You've worked here long enough. You know better. We need them for identification. Go dig her back up and find them. And while you're at it, take Dr. Custer, who's the family dentist at the time, and have him take a look at the girl's teeth. So just, while you're digging this girl up, take the dentist. So we've been buried quickly in the potter's grave. Yeah. We've been dug up. She's been examined. I think, yeah. But we've reburied her now in a new place, a nice place. Yeah. But we've buried her in a close. Yes. But we want those clothes. Yes. So we dig her back up. Yeah. (laughs) And check her teeth while we're at it. Yep, apparently. So they dug her back up. Dr. Custer examined her teeth, told Dr. Weaver that the gold filling was his work. Mm. So then they buried her again, took the clothes and information back to Chief Farrell. So then Chief Farrell calls Albert into his office to question him with all the usual questions, uh, like his name, address, things Mm. like that. He asked if he knew Bessie, which he obviously replied he did. Farrell asked Albert if he knew Bessie was missing, and Albert replied that 
He knew she wasn't at her boarding room anymore and assumed she went home to her parents, but didn't know that she was a missing person. Well, Lies. Okay. <laughs> but we don't lie. Oh, totally. We, we don't lie. No. But when Chief Farrell asked him why he did not go to the Littles and ask if she was there, Albert said that he and her family did not get along, which is important for later. Mm. Yeah. So Chief Farrell then asked Albert if he visited Judge Kreitzer in the past two weeks and if he was the one that required about what would happen if he had information about a body in the river and didn't come forward with it. Mm. Which Albert just replied, no, I didn't visit him, and I deny that. (laughs) He just denies it. (laughs) Chief Farrell has my favorite response that I've ever heard of any chief having. (laughs) He said, Mr. France, I believe you are not telling the truth. (laughs) So just, like, straight up called him out on his BS. He's like, "Mm." (laughs) no. It's us. (laughs) Yeah. He said, I believe you have some knowledge of how Bessie Little met her death. So I'm going to hold you for further investigation. Yes. Which, come through, Chief Farrell. What a king. (laughs) Yes. So Ella Bell identified Bessie's clothing, which is funny because, I don't know, my Elizabeth couldn't. So it's not her daughter. Apparently. So yeah, uh, she got to know her while she stayed at the Cooper and even told Farrell that Albert was the one that was paying the bills. Uh, Minnie Freese talked to the police about Bessie staying at her boarding house and how Albert was the one that paid the bills also. Mm. Uh, told them about coming the day after Bessie didn't come home, asked her for her, and tried to pay another week for her. She also disclosed that Bessie confided in her that she was really depressed and she felt like she ruined her life and she wanted to end it all. Mm. Um, but there's a difference between telling someone, oh, I want to end it all, and actually oh, doing yeah. it. Yeah. No. Like, imagine the amount of times that, like, you're just being dramatic. And you're just, like, like even just joking. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's just a millennial thing to be, like, ah, you know, I did this. Might as well kill myself. Yeah. Like, you're not going to. Right. But, like. Her jokes were ahead of her time. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She was the OG millennial. Yeah. <laughs> so, as I said earlier, the case was just blowing up. People took interest, obviously. Uh, so three 16-year-olds went to the bridge the day after Bessie was murdered. Uh, they said that, you know, they were there to fish and stuff. Mm. Uh, but they did find a puddle of something red in the middle of the bridge um, with a turquoise side comb in the middle of the puddle with droplets of blood from the puddle to the railing of the bridge, mm. which the second comb was placed on the railing of the bridge. They said it looked like someone drove their buggy through the puddle and smeared the blood. Mm. Yeah. Does sound like someone familiar? No, someone who might have burned their barn down? <laughs> um, so they just they just took the combs, I guess, yeah. and just continued to fish, which I can't imagine reaching into a puddle of blood. Well, this will fetch combs. me some piece of money. I mean, I guess. They didn't sell them, no. but... Uh, uh, they didn't realize what they could have been, obviously, until they read the paper about Beth- Bessie's death. Um, so within the hour, Chief Farrell had the combs identified mm. by Elizabeth and the jeweler. So Elizabeth couldn't, like, identify Bessie's clothing, but she could identify the hairpins. Mm. I guess. Um, so they were identified by Elizabeth and the jeweler who sold her the combs. Um, so they called Fred Weaver back into the office to tell him to dig Bessie's body back up. So this is the third time now she's being dug back up. Yeah. So Chief Farrell wants Fred Weaver to look for bullet holes this time. Uh, he said it could be in the head, uh, but it could be anywhere. 
if he did find any bullet holes, to bring that part of the body back to him. Oh. Why? Just come and look at the body. <laughs> For why would you need that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Weaver did find holes um, in Bessie's mm. head. Mm. Uh, and uh, returned with it. He found it two bullet holes by her right ear. So, just brought that head right on in, I guess. Just fully disrespecting her in yeah, every mean, which way possible. Why not? We've already done everything, everything almost else. everything else that we could do. Ugh, Let's I'd, chop her head off. I guess. So Chief Farrell then called the boathouse owner's son, um, which was Ed Phillips. Mm. Uh, he asked him to come down to the bridge to help look for the gun that shot Bessie. Uh, so he had him diving for the gun. So after a while, a crowd formed. Um, and every time Phillips emerged, the crowd would just cheer. <laughs> So he did this about 50 times or so, and ev- literally every single time they would cheer again, like he found something. And then he'd be like, oh, no, nothing, nothing They're this time. just really wanted to hear you cheering yeah. my name. I don't really get a whole lot of, like, validation at home, so. I wonder how many times he, like, dipped and, like, came back up, like, a hundred times over, like, super fast for them to be like, ah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um, But yeah, after 50 or so dives, he came up with nothing. So Farrell told him that they would just continue searching the next day and they would bring a magnet, um, which they did use the next day. And it brought up many metal items, but it never brought up the gun. Mm -hmm. So Farrell went to Franz's house and asked Albert's dad, Jacob, if he knew where his son kept his gun. His father told him in the barn, but the barn had burned down the previous Friday. Convenient. (laughs) Yep. So convenient. Chief Farrell then asked Jacob if his son had ever been in trouble with the police. His father at first answered no. But then changed it and said one time they were visiting a relative, John France, and his barn just happened to burn down. And the sheriff there thought it was arson, confronted Albert about it, and Albert said, I didn't have anything to do with it. So nothing came of it. Because getting away with everything, apparently. Of course. So Chief Farrell then walked around to the barn wreckage and inspected the four rings on the ground where a buggy once stood. To him, it looked like the hottest part of the fire started right around the wheels, and he was going to get the fire chief to take a look at it. Which, if you remember, the fire chief said the same thing Mm -hmm. before they interacted. So, Chief Farrell is just on it. (laughs) He already knows. We love him. Yes. So, the newspapers were just feeding every scrap of information to the public. Which would not happen today. No. No. No, it wouldn't. Though you also wouldn't have a public execution or, you know... Any of those other sorts of things. So. Yeah. Technically, we still do have public executions. I'm sorry, what? Did you not know that? I didn't know that people still did executions. Yeah, we, we have um, uh, the um, a lethal injection. Did you really not know that? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> people come and sit. It's like witnesses. Like, you know how you have to, like, a witness for a marriage? Like, when you get a marriage? Like, when you marry? Oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, but, like... <laughs> But that's just like a that's like a job, right? Though it's not like just like hear ye, hear ye, come to yeah. Yields. Public, it's all it's open for everyone. Oh, anyone can go. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> Clearly, I'm just a sheltered Australian who knows nothing <laughs> of such things. Thank God you're a sheltered Australian. I wish I could be one. <laughs> the horrors of America. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so like I said, the newspapers were feeding every scrap of information to the public, um, including Albert singing si- hymns in his cell. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah. 
Uh, so remember in like modern day time, it would be like us hearing about someone from the Amish doing something like this. Uh, so the public was just having a field day with the story. Mm. It was even overshadowing the city, the city's centennial celebration, uh, which was scheduled for the next week. Yeah. So it was just, it was huge. Mm. Um, the bridge was so overcrowded by sightseers and souvenir hunters that it became so popular. The people renamed it Bessie Little Bridge. Yeah. As they should. Yeah, so Judge Kreitzer, who was also Albert's defense attorney, convenient, mm. uh, refused to give the name of the two men who inquired about knowing something about the body but not coming forward, but then finally said something in private the Wednesday after Bessie was killed to the prosecutor and Farrell, but it was not released to the public. Mm. So Lee Corbin, who was the coroner, said he was positive the bullet holes are what killed Bessie and that the evidence very strongly points to Albert that they were going to hold him over the higher courts and was arraigned on Saturday morning before Judge C.W. Dale. He pleaded not guilty to the affidavit of murder, and preliminary examination was set for the following Tuesday. He was denied bail. Good. Rightfully so, yeah. So Farrell tested at the preliminary hearing that Albert told him that he took Bessie for a ride, and when they approached the bridge, um, she shot herself twice in the head, panicked, and when he realized he might be blamed for her death, he threw her body into the river. He was brought over to the common police court on October 19th, and the grand jury indicted him of first-degree murder. So, I can't imagine just throwing a body into a river. Like, let's say this did happen. Let's mm. say she somehow shot herself twice. How in the world? <laughs> but if she shoots herself, her prints are on the gun. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Regardless, leave it. <laughs> the gun's gonna be close. Uh, I don't know. I just pull a. It wasn't me. And yeah. like walk away and like grab some police. Be like, uh, help! She's killed herself. Yeah. Get the police, and you would be distraught because you'd <laughs> seen this woman you've been sleeping with. Who's pregnant with your kid? Yeah. Like you, you would have a surely unless you're right. like a sociopath or something. Have a reaction to that. Albert's a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he is. Honestly, I'm not trying to like <laughs> diagnose him. I don't but, diagnose. <laughs> right. Um, so the actual trial began on Monday, December 14th, and lasted three weeks. <laughs> it became the most spectacular case in Montgomery County. Um, I couldn't find anything to discredit that um i couldn't find anything to like say that there's anything else that overshadowed that to this day mm. i could be wrong maybe i just wasn't looking that hard enough um but i think in montgomery county itself this is still like the craziest thing that's happened mm. here um so yeah uh it took four days to seat a jury on the second day of the trial, the head of Bessie Little in a glass jar of alcohol Ugh. was brought into the courtroom as evidence, which is horrifying. So, it said that her skin was missing, but from the articles, I am unfortunately led to believe that her muscle and everything was still on the skull. Uh, which is horrifying. Just <laughs> um, So, Dr. Corbin, in court, removed Bessie's head from the jar to show the jury the path of the bullets. <laughs> I just don't know why you need to do that. We couldn't just do it in the glass. I know. I don't know. I, I, I wish that he would have left it in the glass. Who 
is letting this Dr. Corbin man lead anything. He is, he, I just, him and Weaver, man, just throw him away. We don't need him. We don't need either of them. Literally. So disrespectful. Um, So obviously several spectators fainted when he did this because he has a skinless head showing it to the jury, which is horrific. Um, And uh, some people had to be carried out of the courtroom, which is, yeah. Uh, the prosecution was trying to prove that the first bullet killed Bessie. Therefore, it would be impossible for her to shoot herself a second time. Right. Obviously. Uh, the Littles were called into the courtroom to testify, and they told the jury that Albert has been calling on Bessie for a little over a year without objection from them. Now, if you remember, earlier, Albert said that him and the parents didn't get along very well, mm. which is true. Mm. Um, in the later days. In the later days. But yeah. in the beginning, he didn't they didn't right. really have problems with him but he said that they never got along mm-hmm. so another lie mm-hmm. um so i'm beginning to think that maybe he does lie yeah maybe, I, you know. I know it's hard to like try to find the lies but like i think they're there mm-hmm. <laughs> if you squirt a little and like look you went you went mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay alexis <laughs> Literally, you did it on Alexis. Mm, David. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So, the little said that he was personable, came from a fine family, but after the barn incident where she found them in compromising positions, she told Bessie she could no longer see Albert, and that's when she left home. Mm. So, a little inconsistent. Like, that, she didn't leave home immediately, but, you know, the gist of the story. Um, The court heard the testimonies of two people who heard the shots of the night of the murder. John W. Points came forward and said that he sold Albert the pistol, and the firefighter Chief Frank McBride testified that he that the cause of the fire was arson. So Albert's pastor Teeter testified that Albert came to their home the night of the murder and asked his advice about what to do. So mm. he's already admitted to it. Mm. <laughs> so Teeter told Albert to go to the police, obviously, but Albert refused and wanted there to be a way to get out of this without his father knowing. So then Teeter asked if they could bring Albert's brother Isaac into the next, in the next night to discuss the situation, and Albert finally agreed. Mm. So Isaac also tried to convince Albert to go to the police, and he absolutely refused to do so. So Isaac and Teeter went to Judge Kreisler's office that night to ask for advice, and during that time is when Albert's family barn went up in flames. Mm. So as they were asking, they were the two people that asked about the body in the river, yeah. Albert went home and set his barn on fire. So, I wonder if he was just there watching his barn on fire and his horse dying while this man is trying to get into the barn, like his neighbor, to to rescue the you, horse. You know the, the meme where it's the little girl in front of the burning house? Yes, that was him. <laughs> that was literally him. <laughs> Good God. Um, so, yeah. For defense witnesses... For the defense witnesses, sorry, said Albert was quiet and peaceful and not the kind of man to commit murder. Lies. <laughs> Cannot convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, Isabel Fowler, Bessie's friend, said Bessie told her multiple times she was going to shoot herself, which again, everything back then was hearsay. Mm. So we don't actually know. I mean, not that anyone now would have themselves on recording with their best friend being like, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. You know, like not anyone would have that, obviously, but like. Who knows? Obviously, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do not think that Bessie killed herself in but any like, manner. But like these days, you have texts. 
Like, yeah, you know true. that one case with the girl who kept, like, telling her boyfriend to kill himself Yes, he was that one was so sad. Like, there's text proof yeah, of it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, you know, you text your friends all the time. And, right, you know. right. But back then, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess everything back then was hearsay, but... Unless it was, like, a letter or something. But. Right. Um... So, Miss Freese told the jury that once she heard the couple fighting and found Albert crying saying Bessie refused to marry him. But others testified that Albert could not afford to marry Bessie until he was 21. Mm -hmm. So, just a bunch of back and forth. Mm. A physician early on in the trial said it was impossible for Bessie to fire two shots before her hand fell. And then later in the trial said it wasn't very likely. Oh, yeah, sorry. Early on in the trial said it was possible for Bessie to fire two shots, but then later on said it wasn't very likely. Right. Because, I mean, you've got the gun to your head. Yeah. So how are you going to... You know what I mean? Right. And, like, you'd have to be pretty distraught to do that, to go through with doing it. Yeah. And she was so happy about, like, about going to see... Right. Albert earlier in the day. Miss like, Free said that she was over the moon. Yeah. So happy. Because I wonder if he lured her out there by being like, we're going to get married, come meet me, you know? it's like, I have something for you, like... All in all, the jury deliberated for only two hours before they came to the conclusion. Mm. Um, And I have a picture of what the real newspaper said at the time. I'd love to read it to you because it's really dramatic. (laughs) Also. So it says, this is an actual picture of the newspaper and everything, too. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, it says the jury was out just two hours when it returned a verdict, finding Albert J. France guilty of murder in the first degree for killing his sweetheart, Bessie Little. When the verdict was announced, Maddie France, the sister of the prisoner, wept bitterly. The Reverend Isaac France, who sat, be- who sat beside her, wrung his hands and cried. The poor old father was not at his son's side, having gone to another room. Cornelius France, another brother, gave a shrill cry and fell fainting to the floor. In the meantime, the prisoner broke down and wept. The sight of the distress of his relatives was more than he could bear. Francis' attorney said that they will file a motion for a new trial. And it says, Jessie Little, it was supposed to say Bessie Little, Mm. was adopted daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Peter E. Little. She was 20 years old, lovable, and a handsome woman, attracted and attracted a number of admirers. She met Albert J. France, and their intimacy caused trouble at her home. She left and went to live at a boarding house. On Thursday, August 27th, Miss Little left her boarding house in a great hurry, saying that Miss Fries, who kept it, who kept it, she was going to take a ride with Albert France. So the rest of this just explains the rest of the story, mm. which I will get to. Um, but yeah, so attorneys filed for a new trial, but was denied. And Albert was sentenced to die by electric chair on November 19th, 1897, making him the third person in Ohio ever to die by the chair. Which is interesting. Um, but hours before the execution, he wrote to Governor Bushnell, denying his guilt and asking for mercy, saying, I quote, I hope and pray you will spare my life, for I am innocent. If you do not, I thank you for the attention you gave my people, and may the God of heaven and earth forgive my enemies and prosecutors, and may we all meet in heaven. Albert's brothers and sisters came to have dinner with him before he was executed, and while they were eating, the warden came to tell him Bushnell denied his appeal, which I did try to find a last dinner because um, mm. I know most people are interested in yeah. that. I couldn't find anything on that. Um, this is blind white people food. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Steak with no A1 sauce. <laughs> <Yuck>. <laughs> um, But yeah. 
So 120 people watched him being electrocuted and only three people were necessary at the time to even be in the room. Yeah. So he was buried in Studebaker Cemetery, five miles from New Carlisle. After the execution, Peter and Elizabeth... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I've been to Studebaker Cemetery too. So we might be able to go there and see his... Yeah. Well... (laughs) Do we really want to give him any more? I want to see how much bigger his headstone is compared oh, to Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. What they do. <laughs> so after the execution, Peter and Elizabeth Little went to Woodland Cemetery and selected a plot in section 111 near Wyoming Street and took Bessie's remains from Potter's Field and reburied her for the fourth time and placed a small stone at the head of the grave. Oh, well, you know. The least they could do. Uh, yeah, literally. Now we're like, oh, we love our daughter. Right. So the steel trestle bridge was re- replaced with a more modern one in the World War in World War One, but to everyone to this day, it is still known as the Bessie Little Bridge. Boom. Wow. The end. Da, da, da. Or is it? Or is it? There's so <laughs> there's so many people who have ghost stories on there too, like on the bridge. Which is interesting. Um, yeah. One of the stories is um, that there is a, um, excuse me, that you'll be driving on the bridge and you'll see a woman at the end of the bridge or like wherever, you know, at night. Mm. And when you shine your headlights on her, she turns around and she's holding a baby. And then you see her leap off the bridge. Yeah. Which I've heard quite a bit of people say this can ghosts haunt more than one place i think they can i think they can um i don't know why she was in my apartment yeah why why is she here i don't know i don't think i said this in in the uh first episode yeah but we went through quite a bit of pictures to try to find what i saw and i went through so many people who were murdered, so many people who had, like, died and everything with... Mm. I can't remember who I did it with, but I went through pictures after pictures after pictures, and I was just like, no, that's not her. No, no. It just, no, it doesn't look like her. No. Mm. And then when I came to Bessie Little's um, face, it immediately was like, that's her. Mm. And I just could see her face in my mind so clearly. Mm. And I'm just like, that has to be her. So I don't know because my house isn't near West 2nd Street. No, that's down, that's closer to my house than yours. Is it? Yeah. It's, it's like 15 minutes from me, I think, West 2nd Street. Yeah. I want to say. Um, I can look it up, but... Um, so I don't the know. The Little Bridge is about 15 minutes from you, I think. Or 15 miles. I don't know. No. I did look it up. Because it's downtown. And I live closer to downtown than you do. Mm, that's not right. Hold on. West 2nd Street. Dayton, Ohio. Oh, that's not right. It's 18 minutes for me. Because that's avoiding highways. That's highways. Yeah. Where's the... I tried typing in Bessie Little, and it wasn't coming up. Where's the... Oh, yeah, it's called something else, officially, I believe. Mm. Um, but I don't know why it would be that close. I don't know why she would be here. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. But I know it was her face that I saw. 
But I didn't know there was this whole story that it was attached to it. I just, somebody just showed me her picture and I, it just like clicked for me. So it's 17 minutes from here. So it's about the same. Yeah. As West 2nd Street. So, yeah, that's the river and everything too. We have to go to that bridge. I have pictures and everything we'll post on Instagram to kind of show things too, which is really interesting. It's just, I... What? It's really crappy how her life ended. For sure. It's horrific, honestly. And, And just so much disrespect because... It's from her parents, who, yeah. like, pretty much she's only ever known them her whole life. Yeah. And from the guy that she's, like, in love with, who, you know, which I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if he did this with multiple women in the area, which I tried to find something about that, but mm. everyone was just so focused on this case. Like, mm. you know, I just, I'm sure he probably did it with other people. But I I can't find anything on that. Um, but I don't know. Do you think that her parents had something to do with her disappearance along with Albert? Like, helped him, maybe? I don't think so. I don't think that... I think, if anything, it was probably someone from his family. Like Isaac, maybe? No. I Like, maybe the dad... Really? ...was like, you know, get rid of it. Like, you need to... That's Alex, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> it sounded right above us for a second. <laughs> um, like, maybe the dad was like, I don't care what you do. Like, you need to take care of this. Like, yeah. it's not okay. And he was like, well, I've burned down a barn before. What's the murder? Um, I, I just... I, it's him. It was him. Where do you think he was a fall guy? I don't know. I just... Unless he, he went to these two that killed uh, Pearl. Pearl Brian. Well, they were in jail at the time. They were? Yeah. Mm. They had been in jail for months at the time. Mm. Um, which I think I'll do an episode about her, too, Pearl Brian. Because, like, I just... Mackie. Yeah. That's going to be... Or unless you want to do it. That sounds interesting. It sounds know. like something you'd be interested in. See, it, less of the true crime side, more of the... I just... The Bobby Mackie episode... The the um, movie that they did yeah was the first thing that I ever sort of saw Ghost Adventures do yeah so it was just like that was like the old like real stuff before they were like you know having museums and stuff right um it was just a fascinating story to me right it's um, it is it is really interesting we'll add it to the list so we can figure yeah. it out later we'll do um. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's too, it's bundled up too neatly. Really? But at the same time, it had to have been him. Yeah. I think it was. I mean. Like, he literally went to his pasta or preacher or whatever. Yeah. And his brother and was like, hey, I killed someone. Help me cover it up so that I don't, like, tell me what to do. Yeah. I think that. It's also, like, mob mentality, too, because Bessie Little's, like, friends were coming forward and being, like, oh, she said she wanted to kill herself and, like, all this other stuff. And I'm, like, oh, did she, excuse me, did she actually say that? Or, like, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't see, I just don't see that happening. Mm. Um, 
I mean, like, yes, you can confide in people, you know, for with things and everything. But, like, where were these friends when she was struggling, you know, and, like, in mm-hmm. a boarding house and stuff? Like, why didn't we hear from them then, you know? I think these are just people who are saying that they were her, they were yeah, her friends. But it also could have been if they're young, unwed girls who are living at home still their parents being like mm, no like that's true stay away from her yeah true but how many people knew i don't know i don't know either way bessie little's story is so sad yeah. and i don't know why she decided to bless us with her beautiful presence but um i don't know i i feel so bad for her and like her story and like all that stuff and i just i was just baffled the entire time i was reading this i was like how who thinks that any of this behavior is appropriate but you know it's just how does someone it's and i mean it happens now yeah but like how does someone how does the system fail someone so badly that that is their lot in life unfortunately there wasn't a system back then well yeah you know i know which really sucks but like even her parent like i just i can't get over how poorly her parents like (laughs) just did not protect her no i just don't understand how this could have happened honestly like jacob france like what was your son doing? Were you... Like, I know he was an invalid most of um, Alfred's life, but, like... Or Albert's life, sorry. And just... I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird that the... the That her parents were concerned about their reputation, whereas his own dad wasn't. Right. Like, it, that, that, that part was odd. See, his family was supposed to be very, like well-respected and, like, kind of better off and stuff. But for some reason, when I picture his family in my mind, I picture them kind of, like, in a backwoods, like, hole with, like, a... But that's how it seemed like it was in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Until he was able to get money together. I think they were doing a little bit better off over there. Um, because her, his mother was still alive and she had money and like all that other stuff, yeah. I guess. But he just decided to move them because there were that was not enough money to move them. I can't. Well, back then things did cost less. True. Cost less. Cost less. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you always hear about how like oh, I could get a piece of candy for a penny. Yeah. You know. Um. So maybe it was something but like it didn't seem like she was that poor off either right um i mean turquoise hair clips yeah but people had things back then that they like passed down through families and yeah, stuff that's too that's true so. but they got it from a jeweler oh that's true yeah. that's true i don't uh, know oh well um well this was bessie little's story yeah <laughs> i hope you guys enjoyed it it was horrific um next week I believe we originally said that we were going to be doing... uh, I was going to be doing an episode on shifting. However, it kind of seemed a waste to do that when it's October. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing um, 
I'm going to be sharing about the Beechworth Asylum. Which I'm so pumped for. <laughs> which is the only place that I've ever had uh, physical reactions to ghosts, other than just like a feeling. Um, so yeah, I'm your, really excited to share it. Your little ballet slipper is getting stuck to the bottom oh. of the thing. That, that was... <laughs> but that was just the bus overheating, like the Still, engine being weird. Oh, I didn't think that that was related to it. No, That's no, no, just no, like yeah. stuck in my mind of like just... Uh. It was super weird because like the next day, I'm going off topic, but the next day like we, we drove all night. Yeah. It happened. It was pretty late at night when this yeah. happened. We got in early the next morning. And I remember looking at the bottoms of my shoes and being like, oh, dang. That's why I could smell rubber. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Burning rubber. But oh, no, God. so this was a lot later in life. But um, yeah, it, it's the most haunted place that I've ever been. Like, to and the I, point of having an actual, like, right. physical experience with a ghost. And I hope you include ghost stories, too. That's Oh, definitely. I'm so excited for the ghost stories. I'm actually, um, I'm going to email them okay. um, and be like, hey, like this is what we're doing. Can I have some stories? Yeah, that would be awesome, um, honestly. But yeah, so yeah, look forward to it. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ghost Tea Podcast. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast or on Instagram at ghost underscore podcast. That's G-H-O-S-T-E-A podcast. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or just want to say hi, you can email us at ghostteapodcast at outlook.com.